0: it's 2 a.m. welcome back to the 2 a.m. book review club where we stay up late talking about books or talk about books that made us stay up late This week, we are continuing our Holiday Book Club mini-series, which is how we, here on the 2AM Book Review Club, will be celebrating the holiday season all December long. And while I have mostly tried to focus on new releases for our Holiday Book Club picks, this week's Holiday Book Club selection is a little older. This week's book is Jane and the 12 Days of Christmas by Stephanie Barron, and it's from 2014. So it is turning 10 this year, but I still felt like I had to include it in our Holiday Book Club because I was just so curious about this book. And why was I so curious about this book, you may ask? Well, the Jane referenced in the title, Jane and the Twelve Days of Christmas, is none other than Jane Austen, the great British author of classics such as Pride and Prejudice and also my favorite, Persuasion. It is the 12th book in the Jane Austen Mysteries series, and when I first learned about this series, I knew I wanted to know more about it. I knew I wanted to try out this series because, I mean, come on, I love Jane Austen, I love mysteries, It feels like a series specifically targeted towards people like me. And since there is a holiday book in the series, I decided that I would include that book in our holiday book club. So here we are. Here is the official story graph description for Jane and the 12 days of Christmas. Christmas Eve, 1814. Jane Austen has been invited to spend the holiday with family and friends at The Vine, the gorgeous ancestral home of the wealthy and politically prominent Shoot family. As the year fades and friends begin to gather beneath the mistletoe for the 12 days of Christmas festivities, Jane and her circle are in a celebratory mood. Mansfield Park is selling nicely. Napoleon has been banished to Elba. British forces have seized Washington, D.C., and on Christmas Eve, John Quincy Adams signs the Treaty of Ghent, which will end a war nobody in England really wanted. Jane, however, discovers holiday cheer is fleeting. One of the Yuletide gathering dies in a tragic accident whose circumstances Jane immediately views with suspicion. If the accident was, in fact, murder, the killer is one of Jane's fellow snowbound guests with clues scattered amid cleverly crafted charades. Try saying that three times fast. With clues scattered amid cleverly crafted charades, dark secrets coming to light during parlor games, and old friendships returning to haunt the Christmas parties. Whom can Jane trust to help her discover the truth and stop the killer from striking again? So... I was super excited going into this book, Jane and the 12 Days of Christmas. It's one of the books in our holiday book club that I was most excited to read. And having finished reading it, I'm excited to talk about it. Let's begin with the premise. Not just for this book, but for the overall series. There are plenty of historical mystery series and... I've read many of them in my quest to find my perfect historical mystery series. Some historical mystery series I've enjoyed this past year have been the Lily Adler series, which is a Regency mystery series, and the Nightingale mystery series, which is set during the Roaring Twenties in New York City. Both series are written by Katherine Showman. but... In most historical mystery series I read, the protagonists aren't actual historical figures probably because it's hard to do well. You not only have to convincingly render these real historical figures, but you also have to work around the events that actually took place in these people's lives in order to fit the mysteries in. But when you stop to think about it, compared to many historical figures, Jane Austen actually works really well as the star of a historical mystery series. Despite being so famous, we don't actually know all that much about who she was as a person or how she spent her day-to-day life. Her journal was destroyed after her death and While we can piece together the broad outlines of her life and her personality from her work, there's still a lot of gray area that you can fill in. Also, we know from her work that Jane Austen was uniquely skilled at understanding people, at seeing behind the facade they put up in order to fit into the very restrictive etiquette of Georgian and Regency-era England. So, you have a historical figure who's famous and culturally relevant, but also shadowy, who has the people-reading skills vital for solving mysteries, but who's also largely overlooked by her society as an unmarried woman. I was a bit unsure of this premise when I first learned about it, but the more I think about it, The more i'm convinced that it's actually a brilliant choice but no matter how brilliant the premise what actually matters is the execution so let's talk about it clearly the most difficult part of writing a jane austen mystery series is of course writing the characters If you label a character Jane Austen, you have to convince your readers that this is a good recreation of beloved author Jane Austen. And since Stephanie Barron also chooses to bring in other real-life historical figures, including Jane Austen's family members, she also has the difficult task of understanding the nature and nuances of Jane Austen's relationships with her mother, her sisters, her brothers, her sisters-in-law, etc. And while everyone's going to have different opinions on how well the author pulls this particularly difficult task off, In my opinion, I think she actually does a credible job with this incredibly delicate task. Clearly, she's done her research, she's thought a lot about the complications that would have influenced how Jane Austen thought about and interacted with her various family members, and in particular, the importance of socioeconomic factors. As an unmarried woman, Jane Austen spent much of her life financially dependent on the good graces of her eldest brother and his wife. And since we know that he wasn't always as generous or kind as he could have been, Jane Austen would have tried to stay in his good graces even while she also doubtless felt considerable resentment towards him. And these nuances are definitely reflected in the relationships between the central characters. While I was clearly and continuously reminded that this is a fictional work because Jane Austen obviously wasn't secretly a great detective, I also felt like I learned more about Jane Austen as a historical figure. The other major difficulty in writing a fictional book centering a famous author, particularly when that book is written in the first person, is that your writing also has to convincingly feel like it was written by that author, at least to some degree. In this book, Jane and the Twelve Days of Christmas, I can see that Stephanie Barron has definitely developed a voice that reads as authentically 19th century without being overly difficult for 21st century readers to digest. Now, whether this voice reads as the voice of Jane Austen is a different question. And quite honestly, no, this isn't convincingly the voice of the woman who wrote Pride and Prejudice. But I don't think that's a realistic goal, or even the goal that the author was striving for. This does read as the voice of a woman in Regency-era England, navigating the societal complexities of being respected to some degree as an author, but also looked down upon as a middle-aged unmarried woman. The voice of a woman who is realistic without being cynical, perceptive and smart without being overconfident or pretentious, self-aware without being self-involved. In other words, this reads as the voice of the kind of woman I do imagine the historical Jane Austen actually was, and that is quite the accomplishment. So now let's get more into the actual book. Jane and the 12 Days of Christmas, and I want to begin with the plots, structure, and pacing. Not including the prologue and epilogue, there are 12 parts to this book, one part for each of the 12 Days of Christmas. Each day has one to three chapters each, and the book is pretty evenly balanced between the societal interactions and the mystery-solving. The book opens with Jane and her family traveling to her brother James' home to spend the holidays. But a blizzard comes up and they're rescued by Raphael West, the son of a famous artist who is spending the holidays at the home of the Chutes, a family acquainted with the Austens. After finally arriving at James's home, the Austins receive an invitation to spend the holidays at The Vine, the Chute's mansion. Once they arrive at The Vine, however, a game of charades reveals that there is tension among the guests, some kind of scandalous secret. Shortly after this game of charades, a messenger, Lieutenant Gage, arrives with exciting news, The War of 1812 is over, and as a matter of fact, he is actually carrying the treaty, ending the war. But when Lieutenant Gage leaves the next morning, his horse returns without a rider. He is found dead, and the treaty is missing. At first glance, the crime seems politically motivated, but upon further investigation, Jane finds that Lieutenant Gage had connections to the people staying at the Vine, as well as the scandalous secret referenced in that fateful game of charades. So the question is, is the crime politically motivated, or was it a crime of passion? Obviously, this is a complicated plot, one might even say a bit convoluted, with complex relationships between the characters, and many different motivations at play. And like a Jane Austen novel, it takes a while for this plot to unspool, for the pieces to start coming together. For a medium-sized book, Jane and the Twelve Days of Christmas does feel a bit long... Possibly because of the writing style, possibly because it takes so long for the book to get to the point. The point obviously being the murder mystery, but the murder doesn't happen until a quarter of the way through the book. This is advertised as a mystery, but it's just as much a story about the characters and how they're interconnected. And I think the reason why the mystery Ultimately feels unfulfilling is because the solution feels like a bit of a cop-out. The solution ultimately isn't really related to the web of secrets and lies. And maybe that's why the ending feels kind of shallow and obvious. I mean, sure, the mystery is well thought out and complicated, but the solution just doesn't have much emotional resonance. By the time you get to the end of the book, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I understand what happened and why, but it's not a story that's going to leave much impact on me. At the end of the book, the status quo established at the beginning of the story is more or less unchanged. The most shocking or impactful or memorable mysteries tend to upset how we understand the world of the characters, how we understood the ways in which they thought and interacted. The best mysteries transform the characters' understanding of their reality and how they understood one another in fundamental ways. The best mysteries leave everyone changed at the end of the book, even the reader. And that's unfortunately not how I felt about this mystery, Jane and the 12 Days of Christmas. But I did find it to be a fun holiday mystery given that there was such a heavy emphasis on how people in this time period celebrated Christmas. There's a lot of rich historical detail in this book, and my favorite details related to the kinds of holiday activities that people in this era of English history participated in. I thought that the children's ball, for example, which they hold at the end of the book, where everyone is a different character, sounded like a lot of fun, and I did like that there was a lot of page space devoted to the festivities. And when I got to the end of the book, I discovered that there is a link to an article entitled On Hosting Your Own Regency-Era Christmas Party, a companion To Jane and the 12 Days of Christmas. As the title suggests, this is a comprehensive guide to activities that you can do in order to feel like you are celebrating Christmas Jane Austen style. I will be linking to this guide in the episode description so you can read it for yourself, but I will also be recapping it here for you. We begin with some background info about why there were 12 days of christmas and how people celebrated then we get into specific traditions we have the kissing bell which is basically the same idea as mistletoe we have the yule candle which is an enormous candle that you leave burning during the 12 days of christmas so quite the candle and then we get into recipes, sugar carvings slash sculptures, milled wine, very alcoholic eggnog, and syllabub, which is sweetened wine. And we'll also be familiar to fans of The Princess Bride, the book. There is also a giant Christmas pudding, which you have to begin two days in advance, And you end by setting it on fire, which not only seems like a lot of work, but also a fire hazard. And then finally, we have games. There is Snapdragon, which is where you set a bowl of brandy and raisins on fire and then fish out the raisins without burning your fingers which just sounds like you're asking for a lawsuit from your injured partygoers and there's also hoodman's blind which is probably better known as blind man's bluff or marco polo and then finally we have charades which are word games riddles and they provide us with two sample charades one of which i definitely recognize from jane austen's book Emma. So, if you want to host your own Jane Austen-style Christmas party, complete with fire hazards and personal injury lawsuits, then definitely check out the link in the description. Overall, Jane and the 12 Days of Christmas was a fun holiday whodunit with a brilliant concept and a satisfactory execution. Will I remember this book? Probably not. Is it a staying up until 2am book? Definitely not. Do I want to continue in the series? Actually, yes, I'm very interested in trying out at least a couple more books in this series and I probably will go back to the beginning of the series in order to do that. But I hope you also had fun with this book. I hope you also think that this was a fun, unique addition to our holiday book club, despite being an older title and I hope you're excited for the final episode of our holiday book club, which will be available next week. This has been the 2 a.m. Book Review Club. Thanks so much for joining me, and I will be back next week at 2 a.m. Until then, have a great week, and happy book travels.